Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber, and joining me as my co-host is the only man Chuck Norris is afraid of, and that is Dwaylon Davis. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> so how you been, Dwaylon? Uh, pretty good. How about you? Eh, not bad, not bad. Just uh, busy. And, yeah. And as we discussed at the very end of the, the podcast that dropped this past Friday, we recorded on Thursday, and it drops Friday morning. We kind of give an explanation of why we don't necessarily announce the shows before they happen. Well, we kind of let every, every, everything be a surprise. Well, it's not that we don't have things scheduled. It's just that every once in a while, you'll have it preempted by something recent in wrestling news that it would be deemed more worthy, I guess. And it, well, it's fresh. Right. Yep. And while we were recording last Thursday, the new season of Dark Side of the Ring, or rather the second half of the season of Dark Side of the Ring premiered. And the subject was the plane ride from hell. Man, and that was that was a rough watch. It was because wow. And and like you and I were saying, the fallout from that has it's been what today and right now we're actually recording this on Sunday, we're recording on a different day for, for another reason. But that was just what, let's see, Friday, Saturday, three days ago. That's it. Yeah. And already you've had one wrestler get suspended from his organization indefinitely. Yep. He's put out apology. And that was just for things he said. It wasn't even yep. for his actions on the plane. It was for things yeah. he said about the actions. Another wrestler has uh, had their endorsement pulled for uh, some of the commercials they were on. That That's also been yanked. I have not seen his uh, rebuttal statement at all. Uh, although they, I think they said before that he, he doesn't remember doing it. He says he didn't do it. I saw his rebuttal statement and pretty much, I mean, we'll get into it, you know, in the show, but pretty, the, pretty much what he was basically saying was that he knows names and what, what happened and he's willing to throw anybody under the bus basically. So yeah. Uh oh. This is going to get interesting. <laughs> Grab your popcorn, yeah. sit back and watch. Yeah. Uh, wow. But before we start, I want to go ahead and give our contact and listen info. If you'd like to email us about anything, anything at all, really, you know, just give us some ideas for the show. Give us some feedback. You know, email us just to say hi. You, know, you can reach us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Instagram at armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Twitter at bookingarmchair. We have YouTube. I've been trying to upload. Uh, it's, it'll be audio only, they're, but they'll be in an MP4 format, but they're audio only because, well, Right now, Joel and I, we're, we have it mastered, like not doing goofy stuff on video. So right, right. <laughs> you only see the, you only have the audio, but I still haven't had any luck actually uploading the MP4 files. And I'll, I'll still be working on that. Though. I may have to have my resident expert, namely my 19-year-old daughter, help me with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but speaking of the audio for the podcast, you can find us on just about every audio platform you can think of between Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Uh, there's one called Podbay. There's another one. I just found this one the other day. It's called Pocket Casts. And mm. yeah, it's another one. That one has an app. And I was able to download it just to check it. And it works. That actually works really well. So, but basically, just you just throw our name into 
Google or whatever your search engine may be, even though 90% of the world now uses Google as their preferred search engine, pop in the name Armchair Booking Podcast and you'll find us. Yeah. So uh, I believe that covers about everything. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Because I, I, I don't have the list in front of me. I try not to do that anymore, even though I'm <laughs> old. <laughs> so, Luckily, uh, there hasn't been any talent releases this weekend that we, that we know I, of. Uh, which is a wild considering uh, nobody's been released. Well, one was suspended. The other one actually doesn't belong to anybody anyway. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, a lot of times on uh, they'll release a WWE has been notorious for releasing wrestlers during the SmackDown broadcast on Friday. So, yeah, at least nobody lost their job this weekend that yeah. didn't um, deserve to lose. <laughs> now, one of the things that I'm just kind of scratching my head about because it seems like a really, really WCW move. We're talking about the bloodline versus New Day. Yes, I meant to I meant to text you and talk to you about that earlier. I they're just trying to pop a rating at this point. Oh yeah. And yep. so you're giving away a potential pay-per-view quality. You're giving away a pay-per-view match with really not enough build to have these two factions going against each other. Save it for the Survivor Series, build to that. And then you could have Big E versus Roman, champion versus mm -hmm. champion, New Day versus Usos. You know, there's your feud. There's your cross-brand feud, not Big E shows up on SmackDown with the title. Which I, I, I didn't get it. I, I was like, he's the... WWE yeah. champion now. Why is he showing back they up? Moves the wall, he wins the title. I have no idea. And then they're <laughs> like, oh, well, Monday on Raw, it's the New Day versus the Bloodline. It's like, we're just going to hot shot this and pop a rating. And it's like long term booking is just a foreign concept to them at all now. Now, it does make me wonder if they don't have some kind of weird surprise, some kind of weird swerve going on. Because Brock hasn't been showing up. Yeah. And right now they have Brock kind of feuding with Roman in a way, but Brock don't want to be on SmackDown. He always wants to be on Raw. So they may be doing some kind of weird switch. I um, mean, they could. Yeah. Um, they did it before when he beat Kofi. That's when the title moved to Raw. Yeah. So yeah, they could move the entire New Day to. SmackDown and have the bloodline move to move to Raw. You know what? And then I can Brock goes to Brock goes to Raw. You know what? I can see that happening anyway because Roman Reigns, he's at his peak of being over right now. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. never been more over than what he is right now. Yeah. And they're trying to improve Raw, so that's another reason they could actually move him. Yep. I don't uh, know. But besides that, I cannot think of any other major, any current wrestling news, not, you know, what we're going to be talking about, which happened 19 and a half years ago. <laughs> but, right. Um, and here's a weird, true thing about the plane ride from hell as we start to roll into it. It was the last thing that happened while they were still WWF. Yep. Because it was the very next day. Yeah. They became WWE. Yeah, it was like as soon as they landed, all that came out 
uh, and they had to, uh, you know, all that came out with the legal stuff and they had to change, you know, change the branding. Um, and, you know, I think the first time I heard about the plane ride from hell, and obviously this was years ago, but <coughs> it was within a, a couple months after it happened, because when Kurt Henning, when he got fired, yeah, uh, everybody's like, well, what happened? Well, there was an incident on an airplane. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, did he get drunk and, and pee on the look at the, the drink cart? Because you, know, you yeah. hear about people doing that, which is yeah. kind of odd. It happens so often that you don't even think you're like, it's like, all right, who was it this yeah. time? You know, but they said, well, it was something involving him on Brock Lesnar, that new dude, that new jacked up dude. Right. Okay. Uh, oh, they got in a fight. Oh, no, they were just wrestling. Huh? And, and then it, it came out more. They, they, tried to bust through the emergency door, which would have been almost physically impossible. You know, the probability of that happening because there are 30,000 feet, the air pressure alone yeah. was going to keep that door closed. But as they pointed out on the episode of Dark Side of the Ring, they could have busted through the wall of the plane itself. Yeah. Yeah, because they were both, I mean, they're both, you know, they were both good sized guys. Mm-hmm. Like, like they said on the show, you could easily see, see them wrestling around and busting through the wall of the house. So yeah. there's nothing that would have stopped them from busting through the wall of the cabin of that plane. And, you know, Kurt Hennig, you know, Mr. Perfect, he was never really portrayed as like a really big dude. But as far as wrestling goes, he wasn't. But compared to me and you, he was a big guy. You know, yeah, six yeah. four and like two forty. I mean, and it was muscle. Yeah, and yeah, but then you got Brock, who's like six five, three hundred pounds of muscle. Yeah, yeah, muscle and tattoo ink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and I said, oh, and also on the same the same plane ride. Uh, yeah, Scott Hall, he got drunk, and now he's let go from the company. Nothing else yeah. is really, you know, nothing else is really mentioned right. except for no, like I said, they said, Oh yeah, somebody cut Michael Hayes' hair and he's kind of mad about it. Yeah, they just they played it off like like a frat party. Like it was just, you know, a bunch of guys getting you know, a bunch of friends getting together, hanging out, partying, no big deal. And then come to find out there was very big deal, a lot mm-hmm. of things that happened that They've always they've they've kind of romanticized WWE has I should say have romanticized the plane ride from hell to make it seem like oh it was just you know a bunch of rowdy wrestlers you know letting off some steam on their way back from an overseas mm-hmm. tour and now it's come out and for anybody listening if you have kids who are also listening just to give you a full warning some of the stuff we're going to be talking about is a little sensitive this is it's not going to be like r-rated x-rated but it's going to be a little more graphic than our normal family friendly we'll just call it pg to pg-13 what do you think yeah. yeah um and actually when i upload it i can even rate it as that too right just for this episode but we're hearing stories now of the nature boy himself rick flair who apparently got naked except for his robe and uh, 
and from the sounds of it, he's really proud of what he has because yeah. everybody in the wrestling world has seen it and they all said, yeah, he has a reason to be proud. And he was, just to be blunt, swinging it around like a helicopter blade. Yeah, because all the, all the boys would laugh and get a kick out of it. And so he would do it. And then, I wouldn't agree with it, but I'm like, I just roll my eyes. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, just roll, you know, you just, you know, if I was one of the guys that'd be like, just, I'd just roll my eyes and been like, all right, whatever. But then it has come out that he proceeds to corner this flight attendant, you know, in the hallway, uh, back where they keep, you know, they have yeah, the, the galley. The yeah, galley. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was looking for. And, you know, proceeds to basically, you know, for lack of a better term, it's, you know, sexual assault. He's trying to force her to touch him. And she's, you know, doing her best to not, you know, not have to and deal with this situation. And it's like, Rick, what are you doing? Yeah. And it took Dustin Rhodes or Dustin Ronalds, but Goldust to go back there and grab yeah. Rick and say, like you said, what are you doing? Go, you know, knock it off, leave her alone. Yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, not, well, none of it's really funny, but the wildly ironic thing I should say is Goldust, Dustin Runnels had already had his own incident. Exactly. He had already, he was already just, you know, drunk as can be serenading his wife, his ex-wife, ex actually. Ex-wife, yeah. Yeah, Barry Runnels, who was also on that plane. Uh, he was serenading her, and Jim Ross had to go get him and tell him to sit down yeah. and sleep it off. So you've got this completely inebriated person who sees this extremely inappropriate behavior from Ric Flair Mm -hmm. and bravo to bravo to dustin that he went and did something about it right and you know and got rick away from that poor woman and it's like but then you've got tommy dreamer who was basically on air on the little on the show and the little interview clips basically just brushing aside what rick flair had done yeah that's just rick being and, rick yeah he said yeah Rick being Rick, no, 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 because I have a wife and I have two daughters, yep. and somebody does that to them, it's not going to be Rick being Rick. Rick's going to wish uh, he had never. Rick was going to wish he had never seen them. Exactly. And just, and just also to think about this, Rick himself also has two daughters. Yes, and he has granddaughters. He, yes. at, at that time, he had granddaughters. Yeah. And, and if he were to try to deny it, all you have to do is go back and listen to almost any interview he has done since the era of shoot interviews started. And yep. at one point, he had his, he, well, he's had two different podcasts of his own. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I like hearing his stories about the wrestling i like hearing like his stories about the psychology because right. I mean, he he gets it i mean he gets it probably better than 
or just about anybody, and including Triple H. And you know, Triple H is one of the ones, even though yes. we have our issues with, but we know we really respect his love of the game. And Ric Flair loves professional wrestling. And then he'll always turn it around to, okay, let me tell you about this story when I got drunk and all these women that I slept with behind both, well, all four of my wives' backs. Yeah. And you know, I slept with 10,000 women. And it's like, Rick, okay, so you ever wonder what that did to your kid? What do you think your, your kids now who are adults? And yes, uh, Reed is no longer with us. You know, may rest in peace. But what do you think Charlotte feels or Megan feels or even you know David feels every time you go on there and you're bragging about these things that cost you your relationship with your kids? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like he's he spent so much. It's like he spent so much of his life of his wrestling career with this gimmick that I feel like he can't distinguish yeah. the, the, the fact from the fiction anymore. It's like, but either way, it, regardless of any of that, that was extremely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. what he did and just it was hard to watch that flight attendant recount what what happened you could tell she is still traumatized by that yeah and to have tommy dreamer sit there and basically belittle her to the world and make it seem like that she's just somebody that's offended easily it's just ridiculous <laughs> um it's, I was, I was really, I always thought that Tommy Dreamer was a stand-up guy from everything I had seen in the wrestling business, but I my I've definitely changed my opinion after this. It makes you really, really wonder uh, how the locker room culture was at not only that time but even now because it doesn't sound like it, it, it's it's changed. It has to have changed some, yeah, because of uh, the number of female wrestlers out there now is probably triple four five times the amount there was back then because i wouldn't consider terry runnels a wrestler no you know she started out as um well she started out as a makeup artist at cnn and then you know she became alexandra york which side note loved that faction i did too thought it was innovative you with the laptop everything yep um and then when she was um Marlena with gold dust. I didn't realize it was the same person because I'm that stupid. <laughs> but um, but then again, to be honest with you, it took me a little bit to realize gold dust was Dustin Rhodes too. Right. But but with a lot of the stories that she is telling, because she also told about how Brock Lesnar exposed himself to her in the locker room. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and that wasn't on the plane, obviously, but but Dustin told her, don't say anything about Sell it. it. Yeah, yeah, don't sell it. And he could have said, don't give him any attention because that's what he wants. But no, he was like, don't let anybody know about it because it'll cause a a big uproar. And then... It would have cost her her job, not Brock. Right. And one thing that might, and well, not only that, but I'm pretty sure if they were to, if she would have taken to some kind of court and filed some harassment thing, all they had to do was bring up, uh, I think it was one, at least one of the pay-per-views where she's walking out in a see-through top and no bra. And they would pull that out and slam her. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that, you know, but that's still not an invitation yeah. for him. At the time, that's the kind of thing they were pushing. But um, yeah. I mean, I can't I can't let my son watch that one even now, you know. But right. um, but like I said, it's not an invitation for Brock to do that. It's not an no. invitation for Dustin to serenade her. I mean, and obviously, I mean, they were still friendly at least to each other, and yeah. you know, but at the same time, Paul Heyman told her about Dustin. Don't sell it. Don't sell it. Yeah. Yep. And the anytime you have a culture where people are covering covering up stuff like that because, well, we don't want the company to have a black eye. You know, well, guess what? It's going to escalate to the point where you can't ignore it. And this is what is 20 years later. Yeah. And now it's all coming out. And so I think I think there's going to be more. Uh, backlash uh, to come oh i'm sure yeah um and jim ross uh, he has not been shy about just telling whatever lately no he has not (laughs) he's just putting it all out there because after getting fired and rehired three times and yeah well you gotta think you know all the restraints that these these people, you know, not just the wrestlers, but the commentators, you know, everybody backstage in WWE, everything is like we, we've said it a million times. Everything is so micromanaged, and don't you can't discuss this, you can't discuss that, and you can't use this term, and you can't use that term. I feel like Jim Ross now he's working for a company that appreciates him, mm-hmm. and he's free to say what he what he how he really feels about stuff that he's gone through um i listened to arn anderson's latest podcast earlier today and he he did a an ask arn anything but it was through ad free shows so they had people calling in and i guess they were doing it via skype or zoom or whatever so he was able mm-hmm. to see them but he told them uh one of the last ones he said oh by the way if you go to one of our shows you can hold up whatever sign you want to they are not going to come out and take it down they don't care right and it, it's it, yeah even things like that you know wwe will have security go through the crowd and take down signs that management doesn't particularly like and it's like that's that's not how you endear your company to fans when you're just trying to dictate their responses it's like it's not how it works. People are going to like who they like and dislike who they dislike. Right, because WWE, they are so worried about optics. They're so worried about perception because uh, perception, is, you know, will dictate a lot of things. Yeah. And but if they were, they don't want to allow. Okay, I get it. You don't want to allow somebody to advertise your competitor. All right, fine whatever i mean i I understand that from a business standpoint because you don't want them blasting your competitor's name all across your program right right okay but then to tell the people who were cosplaying as hogan and randy savage that one time trying to get them kicked out but then the rock came out i love your costumes and yeah oh they said vince was furious at that but it was the rock there wasn't a lot he could do yeah and but i mean that seeing that you know this is one of the things that i i used to see during my 20 years in the military was you do look at a lot of things from okay what does this look like that's why there were a lot of a lot of rules pertaining to what we could do in uniform right you know and it and it does 
makes sense, you know, when you get to it's like, all right, okay, I get it. Because you could go to a protest in civilian clothes. You do it in uniform, all of a sudden yeah. you're, you know, you're representing the uh whatever branch you're in or really the military in general right and so it looks like you're endorsing whatever it is and the military is trying to stay away from endorsing anything or you know so uh, just things like that and that one's right that was pretty minor compared to some of the things that were happening on that plane and then apparently has also happened in the yeah. locker rooms yes. and one of the things about kurt hennig and i've heard and read so many stories about him that everybody said, oh, yeah, Kurt's a great guy. Okay, he might be a great guy some of the time, but if you look at a lot of things Kurt Hennig did and some of the things he's suspected of doing, you know, he's kind of a, he was kind of a locker room bully in a way. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he may have helped everybody out in the ring, helped train people, but then he's going and getting in their, their lockers and cutting up their three-piece suits because he thinks it's funny. Yeah. And they're saying that he was the one who probably did the H bomb, you know, the, um, oh my God, what, what was the name of the Halcyons? Aldo. Yeah. He was dropping those in people's drinks because yeah. he thought it was funny. Yeah. To watch him pass out. Yeah. To watch him pass out. Cause they think he did it to Scott Hall. Now Scott Hall was probably drinking other things too. He may have had a yeah. you know, relapse, unfortunately. They said he also did it to Michael Hayes. And when they started talking about somebody, probably Sean Waltman, cut Michael Hayes's his mullet ponytail off while he was passed out. Yeah. And which was something else. Oh, I would be extremely pissed at that. Oh, yeah. If that yeah. was me, I'd be furious. I mean, I, I don't even have any hair. But if I did and somebody did that, I would be furious. I mean, that's just, that's just a personal violation. That's mm-hmm. not – you don't do that to someone. Right. And – because Sean Waltman's another one that his ribs, his pranks go a little bit too far. And that's yes. part of the culture because they were allowing it. They were accepting it. Yep. And, you know, Sean Waltman cutting off Michael Hayes' ponytail. Sean Waltman's the same man that also uh, took a dump in Sable's bag. Yep. Okay, my wife just gave me a look like, what? Yeah, it happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it actually happened. And, but he was another one. It's like, okay, well, they allowed it to go on. So of course they're going to keep doing it with, with Kurt Henning, same thing. They allowed things like that to go on. Kurt Henning doing that, playing a rib on somebody caused dynamite kid to have his front teeth knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because he, maybe he thought it was funny, but I think that's another part of the, that culture, that locker room culture that they should have been taken care of. And I have a funny feeling. It wouldn't surprise me that, what Kurt and Brock did, Brock didn't really get in trouble. He he probably got got chewed out. Because yeah, he probably got chewed out, but he didn't get in any trouble. Kurt right. got fired. Kurt got fired, and with all the other things that Kurt has been known for, I have a feeling that may have been the last straw with Vince. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, because you don't want to have somebody as under your employee who it runs the risk of getting arrested every time you take them somewhere. And they could have, if that would have been a normal commercial um, flight instead of a, a chartered plane just for them, that was all decked out, you know, a private company doing it. 
they would have, like they said, they would have mm-hmm. had the FBI waiting for them uh, when they got off the plane. Yep. Yeah. And, and because um, Kurt Hennig reminds me of someone um, who was also in the military when I was uh, in Maryland, and we both worked at the National Security Agency. And we were both known for playing pranks on people, but I had to explain to him, okay, there's some kind of some unwritten rules about when you're playing jokes. They, they, they call them Jeep jokes. I don't know, don't, don't know where the term Jeep came from, but it's basically someone who's new. And, okay, you know, so it's like, you don't do anything that, first of all, that's going to hurt them. You don't do anything that's going to cost them any right. kind of money. You know, um, nothing that would violate, like I said, you, you, yeah, you want it to be funny. You don't want it to be, um, act like, you know, you're bullying. And I said, and you, mm-hmm. you don't do things that you're just going for an open target and you don't do things. And I had to really explain these kind of the unwritten rules to this guy, because he did, he violated all of them. Even when I said, don't do them. I said, if, if you get somebody, you don't get them again without giving them a chance to get you back. I said, because then right. it starts to become personal. You know, uh, well, they come to me one day. um, Hey, dude, uh, I'm gonna go saran wrap the toilets. I'm like, do what? I'm like, we're not in, we're not in middle school, man. Yeah. Why would you do that? That's like we're at the national. I said, you don't know who's gonna end up using that toilet. I said, don't do that. Exactly. He did it anyway. And the person who um, got caught or got you know, got the prank more or less played on them. The person who used yeah. the bullet was a high-ranking civilian at NSA. Oh. And, oh, that was a nasty. They were, and I knew who did it, and I didn't snitch him on him, but I told him, I was like, don't do crap like that. Yeah. Another, another time we were, um, because we also did kind of work-related stuff, and just the nature of our job, you could send out, like, fake messages to somebody, uh, like, look like it was, like, high-priority, where he was going to do that, and he was going to have language in there that was, like, as like a, of a sexual nature i'm like dude get that out of there i said because you're going to end up finding yourself talking to your commander if you send that to her i said exactly. I, know, I know you're not meaning anything by it but i said you need to and, and this, yeah he was older than i was and uh and the last thing he did he um he poured water on somebody's car outside when it was cold and so okay haha they had to chip the ice they had to spend like five ten minutes chipping the ice off the door so they could get in okay yeah well, he didn't get the reaction he wanted, so he went out and did it worse. I mean, this time, it, the, it, the dude's car was like a block of ice, and it was even colder. So the dude was out there for a good hour when it was below freezing weather at, you know, almost midnight because we were trying to, get in his car. trying to get in his car. And he was pretty heated. And, and I was like, dude, if he gets you back, you know, whatever he does to you, you deserved it. You know, but that's kind of what uh, – Kurt Henning, some of the stuff that you hear about him, and except for it was even meaner. Yeah. You know, and and so, I, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if it was maybe a last straw because he may have played a joke on Vince at some point and Vince was not having it. Could have. Uh, one thing that I disagreed with was them having any type of alcohol on the plane to begin with. Yeah. I mean, you've got. You've got, you've got wrestlers on your books with a history of substance abuse problems and you're going to provide them with an unlimited supply of alcohol. 
yeah. That, that's just, that's just asking for trouble. I mean, that's just that's just asking for trouble. When the lady said they she had never seen an entire cart of alcohol emptied. On yeah, she flight. said they went through what and they three went or through four. three. Three of them. Yeah, she'd never even seen one emptied, and they went through three of them. <laughs> and and that was yeah, that was during the seven hours on the tarmac, and then of course the other seven hours of the flight, which I'm trying to figure yeah. out because normally, normally England back to the east coast is five hours, but um, maybe because it was a private jet, I don't know. Um, and just to think, uh, I mean, they should have cut as soon as they realized they were drunk before the flavor took off. I said, "All right, we're done." Yeah, they should have uh, cut them off. Should have come off. Uh, Jim Ross, I mean, and I will criticize and throw some criticism for Jim Ross for this. He should have made the call, cut it off, because one of the things they've said, well, Vince was on the plane. Michael Cole has since come yeah. out and said, actually, Vince and Linda were not on that, that plane. He said they were not on the jet. He said, I'm just letting everybody know now that they weren't there. So anybody who says otherwise, he said they're wrong. You know, um, because this was right before they changed, they went from F to E. So they may have been in Connecticut trying to do all sorts of Yeah, they may have. Uh, but, oh, and when I was alluding to the, uh, the, the mullet ponytail being cut, how did he get scissors on the plane? Yeah. This was post 9-11. Yes. Yet somehow they had scissors on the plane unless he got it from the uh, the crew. Yeah, unless he got it from like the hairdresser or the seamstress or something. Well, they still wouldn't have been able to bring it on, into the cabin. They would have had to have yeah, that in their check true. luggage. Yeah, it should have been in the baggage area. And, you know, and even though it was a private jet, I mean, they still have, they can't, um, they can't get past the same laws as like, like if it was, if it was a commercial airliner, you know, they would still have, yeah. I mean, especially with that many people on the plane. And, yeah. and I, I know, uh, I don't know which airport I'd have to look at, but if it was London Heathrow, which I will say, I hate that airport with a passion, probably my least favorite airport ever. And one of the reasons why is because when we were coming back to England for the very last time, they took my daughter, they mm -hmm. flagged, they flagged her um, for a search and they were trying to take her out of my sight. And I said, you're not taking my daughter out of my sight. No. And I said, why is she being flagged? I said, she is 10 years old and she's scared. Right. And yeah. They said, well, her names, it sounds similar to a name that's on the list. It's like, oh my God. I'm a, I was like, can y'all not use common sense? You know, she is a 10 year old girl. I, you know, and she, I mean, she was petrified. And I said, you're not taking her out of my sight because they were going to take her um, like through this one door, like down these stairs or whatever. I'm like, no, I said, I'm coming with her. No, you know, and they were. I think, and you're not going to stop me. And I could. I mean, I was about to cause an international incident right there, and I was technically still in the military, so it went back to my um, commander that I had at the time. And she and I did not get along, and she was happy that I was leaving, right. 
and I was happy to be leaving her. And, and so it would, yeah, it would not have bode well for me, but they, they finally, they allowed me to go down and it was just a real quick, you know, it wasn't like a real invasive pat down, but it was just the fact that they were patting down my tenure and she still talks about it. She's still traumatized by that. She's like, I cannot believe that. I mean, right. so I know the London airports are, they're very, very strict when it comes to security but somehow they got a blade on there where they were able to use it to cut Michael Hayes's hair. That's, yeah. that's another mystery that I think somebody, you know, I'm gonna post on Twitter and actually ask, how did he get the scissors on there? <laughs> you know, and yeah. not, not saying he didn't have them. I'm just saying, how did he get them on there? You know, this was post nine 11, especially yeah. this was, this was not even nine months after nine 11. So it was even more. Yeah. So, well, but uh, with, Flair pulling the stuff he did. And like I said, I'm pretty primed to believe the flight attendant. And it's because of Flair. Yeah, I don't feel like she has any reason. I mean, I don't feel like she has any reason to lie. And you could just tell how uncomfortable she was having to give those details of what happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you've got tommy dreamer who's like well if if she was really that traumatized if that's if that actually happened and she was really that traumatized uh then she shouldn't have taken the uh the payout they gave her and they, she should have taken it to court and put this evil person behind bars and he was just real condescending about the whole situation and the woman explained that you know she took the payout because her husband just wanted everything. He didn't want her to have to go through any more humiliation than she already had. Right. And he just wanted it to be quiet. And I understand that from, you know, being a husband, I get that. You don't want your wife being humiliated like that, you know, to the world because they, if she'd have gone to court with it, they would have tried to find every ugly angle that they could have to, you know, to make her look bad you know, and make Ric Flair look like the victim. Right. And so, you know, I don't blame her, but I thought it was disgusting of Tommy Dreamer to just be so condescending and dismissive of what this woman went through just because he's friends with Ric Flair. He has a wife and two daughters at home. If, they, if Ric Flair had done that to Beulah, I'm pretty sure he's not going to have the same condescending tone that he had with that flight attendant exactly and i think a lot of people in general kind of forget things like that it's like like you said you know you have a wife and two daughters i have a wife and a daughter and mm -hmm. you know we both have sisters we both have mamas exactly you know um and flair he's talked one of the stories he told on his podcast was there was a woman who he wanted to be with and right. she didn't want anything you know to do with him like that and and so he said okay well he knocked on her hotel room door later on and she opened up he stood there opened up his bathrobe and he was naked except for you know of course the robe and he had a ribbon tied around it and you know so maybe he's under this impression that's all he has to do or maybe and it, it also kind of makes you wonder of all these, the 10,000 women that he, you know, he claims is a notch on his bedpost, 
makes you wonder how many of them were not consensual. Yeah. I thought the same thing since, since watching that interview and like, you can even like Rob Van Dam was just like, you could tell he was just like floored that that happened. And he's like, you could just tell he was disgusted by what happened. And it's yeah. like, and you got Dustin over here who stopped, who, you know, stops flair and gets him away from that woman and and the, the saddest thing is you know how wrestling twitter is there's mm-hmm. a lot of trolls out there there's a lot of there's a lot of disgusting wrestling fans on oh yeah wrestling twitter oh, oh yeah there are people that are defending tommy dreamer saying that well he's entitled to his opinion no it wasn't an opinion he was flat out dismissing this woman's claims of what happened to her because it was she was talking about one of his buddies yep and some people actually you have to look past if someone's your friend if someone's your family if someone like more or less has the same beliefs as you and you have to look at actions and rick flair's actions yep. were wrong. they were in the wrong yes. and and that's all tommy dreamer had to say was that what rick flair did was wrong he didn't have to say anything else, but by him continuing on and condoning it, I don't blame Impact Wrestling for suspending him. Uh, it, as far as a company goes, what other option was there to do? They've got a lock. They've got they've got women that work for their office. They have female wrestlers. Would you keep someone on your books with that type of mentality? towards sexual assault that these women would have to deal with on a day-to-day basis because Tommy was in management at Impact Wrestling. Mm -hmm. So you've got these women that are having to, you know, go to him because he's in management with this type of mentality. And I mean, I don't blame them one bit. I mean, the president of Impact Wrestling uh, released a statement and said that uh, Tommy Dreamer's comments were absolutely disgusting. They were not uh, indicative of Impact Wrestling's, you know, philosophy, and he was indefinitely suspended. And one of the things, also, and not just the the women in the the staff, the management staff, and you know, maybe also some office workers and some of the women on the roster itself, but fans, yeah, because they they'll say. I'm not going to go to your show. I'm not going to buy your pay-per-views. I'm not going to buy your merch. Not as long as he's around. Exactly. Yep. You know, and and so I, Impact and did the right thing. Boom. Yeah. So Impact. Oh yeah, they did. They did what they had to do, and they did it swiftly. They didn't wait. They didn't wait for somebody to come after them and say you need to. No, they said, yep. nope, do it now. Yep. And, and he only released the apology after he was suspended. He didn't release it after the show aired. And there was so much, you know, so much discussion about it on Twitter. He didn't release an apology until after he was suspended from his job. Right. Yes. Like we said, I mean, he's, he's not sorry. He said it. He's sorry. He got in trouble. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So, but one of the ones, and he was new at the time, but I could see some backlash still coming was Brock Lesnar. Yeah. 
you know, for exposing himself to Terry Runnels. And it, it, I kind of wonder, it, there may be some backlash still to come on him. Honestly, it, it's I hard mean, to tell. There should, but I don't think there will. Brock's the cash cow. And you know how you know how WWE is. Money talks. That's, that's why I, I feel like that's why Flair never. Because even Jim Ross said, because somebody asked why why Ric Flair never got any repercussions for what he did, and Jim Ross was like, he was a made man. Yeah, because he's Ric Flair. Because he's Ric Flair, and Ric Flair drew in fans, and Ric Flair sold merchandise, and Ric Flair mm-hmm. Ric Flair made them money, and Vince wasn't going to cut that loose. Just like he's not going to cut Brock loose. Brock no. is still putting people in to this day. He's still selling merchandise. He's making him money. He's like Vince is like a Vince is like a mob boss. Mm-hmm. He's going to keep you around until you stop making him money. Yep. And with Rick, of course, later on, um, Rick, try to remember the timeline of this. Because it was one of the times that, that Jim Ross got fired. It was not long after Reed uh, died. And it was Jim Ross and Ric Flair and some other ones. They were on a a promotional, um, I guess, like a yeah. stage interview. What do you call it? It's like a comic It was the type. panel. Panel, thank you. Uh, WWE 2K14, I think. Was it 14? Okay, I couldn't remember what year it was yeah 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 they were promoting and yeah i think it was i'm trying to think probably 2013 because usually the games drop that the october like the the game number is usually a year ahead of when it actually drops so i think it was 2k14 that they were promoting so it would have been 2013 right fall or early winter yeah um but yeah but flair was obviously very drunk yeah and and when flair gets drunk he runs his mouth and apparently does a lot of other things and well he was um i I don't know was he even on the roster at that point i knew he was a legend yeah, who's on the Legends contract? No, no, he was on the Legends. He was on like he had a Legends contract, but he wasn't actually on the roster then. So Jim Ross is the one who got fired because he was supposed to keep Rick in line. And yeah, it's um, like how do you keep a raging drunk in line? Yeah, had to keep a grown adult. Exactly. Um, like Jim Ross said on the show, he's like he said he didn't feel that it was his job to make sure that grown men were acting like adults. And I agree. Hello. It's uh, where is the accountability for these grown men? Right. And because, you know, when you have somebody who, who just acts with impunity for so long, like mm-hmm. Rick, because he never got in trouble with this stuff before. Nope. And now he's probably not doing those particular acts, but the ones he did do, now they're catching up to him. Yeah. Yep. And um, it yeah, he, makes- got, he got those commercials. Um, the company said that um, they paused his commercials. Right. You can guarantee those commercials are never going to see the light of day. No. And WWE, they have pulled, or Peacock rather, have pulled 
one of the Ric Flair like mini documentaries, I guess. I can't remember the name of it on um, the network. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because one of them, he actually tells a story about being on a plane with two stewardesses and some other stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah y'all may not want to be airing that one right now because, <laughs> you know. But you see, but every single, like I said, if Ric Flair were to stick to talking about wrestling, you know, and things relating to wrestling, hey, cool. When he gets to talk about, you know, all the partying and stuff, I'm like, once again, I'll say, dude, I spent 20 years in the military. You don't think I ever partied? Yeah, yeah. My, I got my own stories. <laughs> you, know, you know, not like his, you know, obviously, yeah. but um, I mean, I, I know stories of uh, somebody in Japan one time getting drunk and, and stealing a train. They, yeah, they stole a bullet train. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just yeah, things like that. And, um, but I don't want to hear it when I'm trying to, and because that's all he wanted to talk about, even on like the panel, you know, we were talking about, yeah. and I've already forgot the name of the show again. Um, but when they did the, like the, the kind of that round table, well, the, the kind of half semicircle thing. Yeah. And he would always go back to those stories again. And even Mick Foley was kind of looking at him after a while, like, do you ever talk about anything else? Yeah, it's like we're here to listen about the wrestling. It's like I feel like he's just, you know, the the wrestling term. He's of pop the boys. He's, yeah, he's like he's trying to, you know, amuse the other wrestlers. And it's like, but you're, you know, nobody wants to hear that. I mean, just talk about wrestling. That's what the that's what you're here for. Yeah, and and because he would go from. You know, really putting over, okay, it all relies on him. He was pointing to, I think, Taz, because Taz was a commentator at the time, and he relies on him, and he's, you know, in the referee, and then we all got to work in this to make it all work. And he said, when, and when he does, it's beautiful. Okay, let me now let me tell you about these two women. And it's like, you, ha you yeah, had it like, right there, and yeah. you, you, you just ruined it. Yeah. And, and like I said earlier, somebody ought to ask um, Ashley Fleer and Megan and David Fleer, what their opinion is every time they hear their dad talk about the stuff yeah because i mean you know it's got to be embarrassing because it's like it's at the point now for rick flair that he is known maybe more for the partying and yeah. the womanizing mm -hmm. than he is for the hall of fame career that he put together right and it's sure. like is that the legacy that you want your children and your grandchildren, you know, yep. to, is this the legacy you want to leave for them that, you know, your claim to fame was you're a womanizer who forced himself on other women, on women. Yeah. At 30,000 foot in the air and you 30,000 feet in the air. Yeah. And I mean, is that what you want your daughters to have to think about every single day? And, you know, we haven't even touched on Scott Hall. No. You know, and him. So, yeah. And Scott Hall wakes up, and the same poor stewardess that got harassed by Ric Flair gets harassed by Scott Hall. He wakes yeah. up out of a drunken stupor, tells this poor woman that he's going to lick her, and then starts doing it. And then does. Yeah. Grabs her, he rips, rips buttons rips off her blouse. Yeah, rips her blouse. You know, he's assaulting her. I mean, luckily for her, he just, he passed out 
and she was able to get away from him. Or God knows what would have happened to her. And he was the second person that got fired. Yeah. And because Justin Credible uh, was talking about because he was also on the plane and he said, well, they thought Scott was dead, but he managed yeah. to, to get him what on a cart or, or something. And he got him in a wheelchair. Well, there he goes. So the wheelchair. Yeah. And was pushing him through customs. And Jim Barnes looked at him like, he's like, I got to get yeah, him off like, the plane. You know, I, I, I like, yeah. Got him I off the plane. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't hold any kind of fault towards Justin Credible because he was actually trying to keep the calm on there. Exactly. I don't either. I, I don't hold any, you know, I don't put any blame on him. He was just, you know, he's trying to get this guy off the plane and kind of de escalate things. And, I mean, he's putting himself at risk. You know, he was putting his job at risk, mm -hmm. trying to help Scott Hall. Yeah, and RVD, I mean, he when he talked about it was a common thing for wrestlers to drug women and then have their yeah. way with them. Yeah, Terry Runnels mentioned that too. Yeah, you know, but don't sell it. Don't yeah, sell don't it. sell it. And yeah. so they'd had to have known sooner or later – that it was all going to come to a head and it was the pot was going to boil over. Yep. And it, once that were to happen, uh, the damage would be so severe. And, and now, now, granted, we knew about it and they kind of did damage control already because they said, Oh, we took care of it. We fired that person. We fired that person. This person was kind of reprimanded. Yeah. They didn't say, Oh, yeah, but by the way, we also paid these two flight attendants. Uh, uh-huh. A hundred thousand. I don't know what the, the amount was. Yeah, undisclosed amount of money and, to to be quiet. To be quiet about it because they don't want to have the, the company be embarrassed. They don't want to have the the air um the private jet that they were on, you know, the one that, that flew apparently a lot yep. of sports teams and things like that. She even said uh, they were based out of Phoenix, so they flew the Suns, they flew the Cardinals, they um they flew the what the coyotes. She said there was other teams, yeah. not necessarily out of Arizona, yep. that they also flew but they didn't want to embarrass them because all of a sudden, you know, once you get a, a bad label put on you, it's done. But, and I think that's going to be the, the, the labels and the backlash and all this fallout that's not going to go away like anytime soon, because this is a case. And I know it's a weird comparison, but you know, I'm pretty sure you'll see the point I'm making. Chris Benoit, great wrestler. You yes. mentioned, mentioned his name now. What do people automatically? One of the absolute best technical wrestlers I've ever seen. Yeah. Yes. But but what do they think of now? Oh, Chris Wall, you mean the guy who killed his right. wife, his son, and himself? You know, they don't yep. think about all the wrestling stuff. Yep. Um, and then you know, there's there's other examples as well. But I mean, and of course, that one's probably one of the most extreme. But I mean, you can go to other sports too. Yeah. You know, um, Pete Rose. I'm just saying that because I'm, you know, living right here out of Cincinnati. Yeah, he's, you know, all people can think about is that he gambled. Yeah, and, you know, the all-time leader in hits, but it was, oh, you mean Pete Rose, the man who was kicked out of baseball for gambling. And. Yeah. Uh, and. I still find that, I still find that ridiculous, given that there are wife beaters. Still mm -hmm. on the NFL roster. Yes. Yes. You know, oh. there's been video footage of guys in elevators. Who, oh, my God. Who was that? their wives out. Oh, what was his name? Um, 
Uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, he. I just, can't think of his name now. I'm going blank on it. But Cole Cotter yeah. knocked her out. out and oh, then oh, tried to drive her. Tried yeah. to drag her out of the elevator. Got her out, finally got her up on his shoulder. And they weren't married yet. That was that's the scary thing. They weren't even married yet. Yeah. They got married like a month later because it was Yeah. And it almost looks bad on her too, though, because you know, it's almost like he bought her off by marrying her. I, I mean, we have to find the name, see if there see if there was rice. Rice? Something rice? No. Simeon, no, not Simeon Rice. Oh, I'm I'm stupid. Uh -oh. Um Either way, I'm pretty sure somebody will let us know. Uh, but it doesn't matter how good he does in the field. Everybody's going to look at that and go, oh, you're the guy who knocked out his wife in the elevator. Yep. Yep. I mean, so, but that culture was one that was allowing it. You know, even when you, it, you had JBL back then who... Michael Hayes, um, Michael Hayes shouldn't have did what he did because apparently JBL was asleep and he walked by and punched, punched him right in the head and busted open his his stitches or whatever it was. They had it in his head where yeah, he got his head back open. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was why Sean walked me up his ponytail. But um, so he shouldn't have done that. But I mean, it was like what JBL, they said, was a locker room bully. Up until yes. a couple of years ago, when somebody he was harassing somebody so bad, the guy ended up having to he quit and almost had to check himself into a mental hospital. Yeah, it was his. Um, he used to commentate on NXT. Uh, Mark, uh, I can't think of the last name, um, but yeah, he harassed the poor guy so much that the guy had to, you know guy kind of had a breakdown he had to take yeah. some time off yeah, and then instead of firing jbl they when the guy was ready to come back to work they moved the guy to nxt yeah to commentate on nxt which he did an amazing job and it was obviously a better atmosphere for him but it's like that tells you even now the culture of that company is to where here's <laughs> the problem but we're just going to move this person over here instead of dealing with the problem right and you know if we want to go back and kind of reference one of our episodes from um, about a month ago this might cause wwe to sell it might i mean this is it might a, cause them to sell just to get away from all the negativity that they've brought on themselves right because i mean there's no way vince mcmahon did not know what happened on that plane yeah. Oh, he found out. I mean, yeah, and, he knew, and he didn't. He did. He did nothing about it. Right. And he fired. Did. You know. He had, well, he had Jim Ross fire Kurt Henning and Scott Hall, and then everybody else went about their business like nothing happened. Yeah. So the former AWA tag team champions got canned. I just, that just yeah. now hit me that <laughs> they were the yeah. the tag team champions in AWA back in the day. They were canned, yep. and Kurt Hennig, I mean. I know it sounds really bad. He was dead a few months later. Yeah. Yeah. Just two or three months later, he was, he was found dead in a hotel room in Florida. Yeah. Of acute um, cocaine intoxication. I actually had to look up what the difference is between that and an overdose. 
the intoxication part meant he had taken so much over a long period of time. It had just built up and built up and built up in his body. Yep. You know, uh, whereas an overdose is you take too much at one time. One time. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn bias, unfortunately. And, and sadly, I feel like if they hadn't have fired him, maybe he could have gotten the help that he needed for right. his issues. You know, because they, you know, they paid for rehab for everybody. So maybe yeah. he could have gotten the help that he needed for his addiction and he wouldn't have lost his life over it. Right. And it was also apparent when they were talking about everything that they had cleaned up out of that plane, that they had a, a drug problem in you know the company because she was saying they were cleaning up all the the, uh, the syringes and all the other drugs yeah. they were finding and yeah. um and you know and I granted like we said this was 19 and a half 20 years ago and we do know just from reading other reports things have improved but it doesn't mean that they're where they need to be no because you still have you still have veterans like the undertaker who you know, in a roundabout way is still condoning that culture of how right. they were back then because uh, he was on, uh, I think it was on Twitter and somebody had another wrestler. I can't, I think it may have been Kenny Omega that the undertaker was making fun of the current generation because they play video games backstage. Right. Like when they're or when they travel or whatever. And, you know, he was being like really ugly about it and like just really making fun of guys for playing games. As a gamer myself, you know, I don't blame them for taking offense. It's like you don't I was teaching my daughter this lesson earlier today. She was messing with her best friend about her liking something. And I'm like, you don't do that. You don't belittle somebody else. You don't belittle what somebody else likes. If it, if this is what makes her happy, then that's fine because there's things that you like that she may think is silly, but you don't do that to people. Right. And the undertaker was like, well, all these guys, instead of doing, you know, instead of being men and doing, you know, going out and having a few beers and all this stuff, they're sitting in the locker room playing video games after a show uh, or before, you know, before the matches or whatever. And Kenny Omega was like, uh, we have a much better culture than the one that you were in where it was cocaine and knives all the time in the locker room. Yeah. And it's like, but you have guys like the undertaker who was a locker room leader still kind of condoning that lifestyle that they lived and that, that culture that they bred during that time. And it's like, Look how many wrestlers have look how many lives have been lost mm -hmm. due to that culture, due to the company knowing what was going on and and allowing it and covering it up so that they don't look bad to the public. And you know, I think that that ought to be a lesson, you know, not just for a wrestling company, but for any kind of any kind of company, any kind of organization in general, uh, in in the kind of work environment, because man i'm doing a lot of a lot of military stories today what one of my assignments uh we had a guy who had a bad problem with alcohol everybody knew it mm -hmm. everybody knew dude had a drinking problem 
and his drinking had led to a lot of other bad decisions, which of course dominoed into other bad decisions and other bad decisions. You know, they, right. it all it was that kind of a effect where one led to all the other ones. Um, right. And like, yeah, he was married and had um, and also had two daughters. And when he got drunk, he liked to also chase around women. And so eventually his wife left him and they'd go on trips. Right. Um, you know, they'd go on trips with the military and there was one where uh, really, really um, it was one of those trips where they spent a lot of money where he had spent even more money than what he was capped at. And he uh, put, it, put it on his travel card, you know, cause that's what you do when you go on these trips. But if you spend over, you know, you of course you have to pay it back. He was getting the bill in the mail and just tossing it. Oh, yeah, so, and this is a guy with a clearance. This guy with a security clearance doing this. Oh. Yeah, he um, he actually lost his government travel card, and, of course, they were pulling all that out of his paycheck, and as he's paying child support because his, you know, wife had, right. because of his drinking and because of his carousing around. Um, and there was a lot of other things. He'd gone on this other other trip where, he had bought the house around the drinks twice on the way out to wherever they were going. And then all of a sudden he didn't have any, any money. Mm -hmm. um, well, and, and then when he bought that house, well, the guy, his supervisor happened to be with him on a trip. His supervisor paid for his hotel room, but he said, you're going to pay me back. He said, because now you're, as soon as we get back and you get paid, he said, cause now you're taking uh, food out of my kids' mouths. Exactly. Yeah. So they got back payday. Where's my money? You know, you, yeah. you know, I did you a favor. Yeah. You know, where's the money? Well, I don't have it. You got until whatever time to get that money. He went to a check cashing place and, you know, uh, paid, you know, wrote the check out for like a couple hundred dollars over what he owed, paid the dude back. And then the check bounced. Oh my gosh. If you're in the military and you bounce a check, your boss more than likely will find out about it. And especially if you have a security clearance, they they will probably really find out about it. Right. And because, um, yeah, so he got in trouble for that. He ended up, um, they were pulling a stripe from him because he was a staff sergeant in E5 at the time. And then he ended up getting a stripe back. And they had, they were getting ready to kick him out of the Air Force, but because they had not documented anything and they kept sweeping on the run, oh, he's a good, He's a good yeah. operator. He's a good analyst. They kept sweeping it under the rug, sweeping it under the rug, sweeping the rug instead of addressing the problem. If he had, if they had addressed the problem, if they would have got him yeah. the help he needed, he could have probably finished out his career, you know, at a pretty decent rank because his dad was actually a retired chief master sergeant in E9. Yeah. And they, he could have probably done the same thing because, I mean, he had intelligence. He was a good worker. However, his other problems, his other, his, his issues yeah. with drinking led to all the other issues nobody wanted to address it and that sounds like the same yeah. kind of culture is well they're yeah. a good worker oh well okay that's fine yeah. they're a great person however you know they're leading themselves down a road of of self-destruction and yeah. you can't just allow that and yeah. that's you know they said well, well they, they did the same thing with Shawn michaels i mean you know because he was so good in the ring they allowed his behavior outside of it mm -hmm. you know the the politicking and the drug use and you know 
pulling his weight to get, you know, throwing a fit when he didn't get his way. And they allowed all of that because they're like, oh, well, you know, he's great in the ring. All the women in the audience love him. You know, we got to keep him, we got to keep him on top. So we're going to brush all of this other stuff under the rug. And he spiraled out of control. Right. And he actually failed a drug test at one point. And I know he was suspended. Um, yeah, that's when uh, that's when he was the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. And Razor, you know, then they had the feud with the two belts. When he comes back, yeah, he got he got he got popped for a drug offense and got suspended. And but if they would have taken care of then, of course. Now Sean was able to clean himself up. Yes. And I and I will definitely give him credit for that. Um, I mean, he he became a born again Christian, and he's actually stuck to it. Whereas, yes, you know, he didn't use it for gimmick. I mean, that's actually him. And, yeah. And you could tell. I mean, he's a, he has actually changed. Lex Luger, same thing. Yeah. They said Lex Luger was just a pain to deal with for it. All of a sudden, you know, he went through a lot of bad things himself. He almost went. Well, actually, he did go to jail for not very long, like thirty days or something. Um, yeah, after uh, after Elizabeth died, right, and you know, but that, I mean, that was a wicked call <clears> for him. So he managed to clean himself up, but not everybody can do that. And you know, if yeah, um, you know, you've talked about you know your days of drinking, and you know, back in the day, I yeah. was probably borderline alcoholic when you know when I was overseas. Um, and mm-hmm. I actually did have somebody, you know, at work. Um, I was a two-stripe airman first class and i had a a female master sergeant in e7 you know pull me aside and she said airman barber you're better than this because i mean my uniform just looked like absolute garbage i mean and you know she said get yourself straightened up she's like you're better than this and i don't want to see you see you throw your career away you know and so i was fortunate that i had somebody who did the tough love Whereas, right. you know, some of them, they think, well, I mean, I, I can see what Jim Ross is saying. You know, I shouldn't have to babysit grown adults. Right. Okay. But at the same time, do you look after your, you know, do you look out for your friends? If you see your friend yeah. is, has a problem with alcohol or drugs, would you try to help them? Yeah. You know, so I really hope that culture has improved from what it was where even if, well, they're a good worker. They always perform on the ring. Okay. Well, actually, here's a, here's an example of something now. Is it Jimmy Uso that can't stop getting DUIs? Uh, yes, it's Jimmy. This was his third DUI. And Jay, Jay got one DUI, and that's it. Yeah. You could tell Jay learned his lesson, but Jimmy has not. And I feel like Jimmy's still not getting the help that he needs. Because if you're on your third DUI, and by them, he still, you know, he never missed TV, ended up winning another tag championship. It's like you're just condoning that behavior because you're just telling him, oh, well, you'll get in trouble. You, you, you know, you get in trouble with the law, but you're in the high profile faction right now. So you can't mess up our plans. So we're just going to brush it under the rug. So what they're going to do the next time he gets a DUI, 
is because he got drunk and slid into a, a, a minivan with yeah. a whole family in and kills him. Yep. Uh huh. Or kills himself. Or kills himself. You know, what if Naomi, you know, Trinity, his wife. Yeah. What if she's with him? Yep. Because if she's had her own problems with things like that too, not nowhere near as severe as him. Right. Um, and I don't think her issue was drinking and driving. It was uh, getting belligerent. Well, no, I think it yeah, was a DUI. Was, yeah, hers was hers was public intoxication because yeah. she was she was in the passenger seat, but she got belligerent with the officer. And uh, but yeah, it's like I'm, you know, I had a drinking problem. I've been sober for twenty years. Um. I personally feel like that alcohol is the worst drug out there and it's completely legal. Yep. And, and nobody really does anything about it. They, you know, alcohol gets glamorized about, and it's like anybody that says that they can handle it are fooling themselves because it doesn't take too many drinks for you to lose control. Right. And, you know, the last example before we've probably got to go is, um, they should have got her the help that she needed before she got in so much trouble that they ended up firing her was Alicia Fox. And yes. yes. I mean, she was known to have a drinking problem and, you know, and she yeah. was one, I wouldn't look at her and think, Oh yeah, she gets drunk all the time. No, you know, she does not have the look, you know, of yeah. a drunk or an alcoholic and yeah. she always performed well. I know. I mean, I'm probably in the minority because I actually, liked alicia fox i liked what she did in the ring her little temper tantrums that she'd throw i thought were kind of funny yeah. you know and it was a, a pretty I thought, okay that's different then you come to find out that she was going in the ring drunk and that's actually why she got fired and why arn anderson got fired because yeah. he allowed her he knew she was drunk and went in the ring and she yeah. could have hurt somebody yeah but i don't know so yeah, we went from talking about the plane ride from hell to we kind of segued into just the locker room in general and how is it the same way? You know, is that culture? Yeah, they kind of go along the same lines, though, because, you know, the way that culture works. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's – well, I hope for all their sake that they get it under control, and I think this – even though it happened so long ago, this may be the wake-up call they need. All right. You better go through that locker room and you better do a sweep. And yes, I am a fan of the Undertaker. No, I did not agree necessarily with his comments that he made because I don't like when anybody says, well, everybody now today, they're soft. No, they're, they're just, they just do things different. Yeah. You know, uh, exactly. because I, I'm not going to tell um, Xavier Woods that he wasted his time uh, by getting a PhD instead of going out and getting drunk. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was kind of prepared for life outside of wrestling in case it yes. ever happens. Yep. You know, but anyway, well, um, this show will drop on Tuesday morning. And even though we are recording on Sunday, uh, the reason why we're not recording on Monday is because I'm going to go see Megadeth. I just figured I'd mention that. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I do want to say before we go that, uh, my prayers are with that stewardess that um, had to deal with that unfortunate ordeal with Ric Flair. I I applaud her courage and honesty on that interview segment because it 
it had to have taken a lot for her to mm-hmm. discuss all of that and bring up all those feelings after all these years and just God bless her and my thoughts are with her. Oh, absolutely. And anybody else that was affected by that as well. Um, Cause I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we see her face. We don't see yeah. everybody else's. Right. You know, so definitely I thought prayers go out for her and, and her family, because I mean, they're affected and, the baby she was talking about is now almost 20 years old. Think about that, you know, cause she said she had just come back to work after having a baby. That was her first flight yes. back. So, yeah. um, but once again, we're not going to try to announce a show because every time we try to announce something, well, something yeah, happens. Something, something happens. <laughs> something happens. Um, it, I do have an interview scheduled, um, probably happening on Tuesday night. So it'll drop Wednesday morning. And Joel and I were trying, this is a, a, an individual we've never actually seen in person, but he's a friend of uh, Big Country. So, okay. you know, so he recommended and now we're for the Facebook. So it looks like we're, we're going to be interviewing somebody else. So it looks like it'll be cool. a good time, cool. but, but all right, Joel, my friend, until then, God bless. All right. God bless, man. <laughs>